0: For those of you who are new with us, welcome. Whether you're, again, online or whether you're here with us, uh, we're going to start a brand new four-episode teaching series. And it's something that we do. Uh, We'll kind of take a book of the Bible or we'll take uh, a chapter of the Bible or take a theme or a character for a couple weeks. And we're going to talk about that week after week. And so right now, we're starting a four-episode message series that's all about the word pray. So uh, we're going to ask God how do we learn to pray with power? How do we learn to pray with passion in a way that we would grow in our intimacy with God and our intimacy with the people that we're around? So uh, just uh, break the ice here a little bit. I need you to all help me whether you're cross-platforming again, whether it's online or whether you're here um, in the virtual world. So if you're church online, um, I need your help. So I need you to get ready to type, okay? So how many of you would say, I absolutely believe in the power of prayer, and yet, I don't pray as much as I really want to. Totally honest, hands up, or if you're watching online again, just type, that's me, that's me. Uh, Why is it? What is going on in our head that we know that we have a good God? We know we have a God who answers prayers for his children. He has said that he loves us and that he would provide for us. And yet so many of us don't take the time to pray even as much as we want to. No outside standard. no, No should. Just the way that we want to be. And I think there's probably several reasons why. One of them I think is a lot of people honestly they just don't know how to pray. And so we lack confidence in knowing. You say, "Oh well, am I doing it right?" And then what if somebody else hears me? And I'm not doing it right. And some of you, some of you, obviously, actually get bored while you're praying. And I hate to admit that the reason that comes to my mind so quickly is because you know, in public, I'm admitting this. As a pastor, I have been known to fall asleep when I have been praying. Sometimes, even with other people. Have you ever done that before? Well, God bless you. Thank you that you're here. How insulting is that? You say, God, please help me. Oh, I'm sleeping. I hope he answered that prayer because I'm gone. Uh, how bad is that? The other thing that, you know, somebody else does, and of course it's me too, they get distracted. So you say, okay, I know that God, please help me to focus right now. To focus. Oh, is that a bird? I wonder what the furnace is running out right now. And distracted. Does that ever happen to you? That one happens to me a bunch. Thank you for that hand right down there. I got good intentions, right? I can dive in. I want to pray. Dear God, I'm praying for a miracle. I want a miracle to happen. Miracle. Miracle whip. Miracle whip on a sandwich. I want a tar- turkey sandwich straight after Thanksgiving. That's what's on my mind. And it just sort of connects. How can I lose focus in one sentence? Just the way that we can be sometimes. Sometimes you can also, you can get intimidated. Uh, when someone else around you seems to pray what we would say is really well, like they're praying good. How many of you have ever had that time when you're in a room and you're praying with a group of people and it seems that the prophet Ezekiel's little brother is there with you as well and he's quoting scripture, dear God in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you have moved and you've said in Deuteronomy 28 that we are blessed going in and we are blessed coming out. We're the head, not the tail. No matter what you say, God, we're going to proceed forward. And they're calling down, angels and they're binding demons and it's all kinds of stuff going all around you and you're kind of cracking your eye open you want to see are they reading from notes Do they have a script for this thing how is it that they're doing such a good job and their good job you say well if I was God I'd answer their prayer just because they prayed so well and you don't want to be competitive in prayer you shouldn't be competitive in prayer sometimes I've done that too uh okay, well, that sounded pretty good, so I got I to kind of kick in my level now. I got to have the next step. And yeah, I was a Bible college student, right? So I got to get my Bible college-y stuff in there. So, okay, let's try it out. God, okay, in your word, you say that you are Jehovah Nisan. And God, you're so good. God, you're good to the last drop. And thank you, God, because you're like a, a good neighbor. And you'll, you'll always be there. I love your, I love your word, Lord. Your, your word is so good it, Melts in my mouth and not in my hands and I thank you God for, the, for your blood because your blood is thicker than water and I'm try, trying to stay on. <laughs> got to get this rhythm going, right? And you want that to be an exciting kind of thing and competition. You can feel inadequate. You go, no, 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 I got prayer game, right? I, I can pray just like you and I can say all those things because they're all me. That was me misdirected in what it means to be in partnership working with the Holy Spirit. That I've got to do my part. I've got to one-up it because God needs that somehow for me. So I don't know if you have any of those frustrations. If that's ever the way that you go about prayer in the or you just lost all your respect for me in the last three minutes. I don't know. Those things are real. I did all of those things. What I want to do over the next four weeks though is I want to try and help you uh, connect with God. And uh, m- ask him to teach us to move when, when, when we're in prayer. That we would move with prayer and passion And I believe that uh, there are two big mistakes that come up frequently that we have to deal with. The first one um, is that we, yeah, our prayers, they're often too small and our prayers are often too general. Sometimes I think that God, um, and I'm personifying him, I'm not saying this is what does happen, but he honestly sits back a little bit frustrated at the lack of faith that we show by what we're praying for, so uh, I think a lot of people pray for this, don't you know, if this is you, don't get all bad, but God, thank you for this day. God, help me to have a good day. I pray that you would bless me, that you would bless so and so. Sometimes I'm thinking like, isn't God's going, have you, have you looked where you live, the, the, the country that you're actually a part of? You're already blessed. You know, I'm happy to do it, right? But look around. Or God, I pray that you would just be with us today. I told you. I'd never leave you. and I'd never forsake you. You're praying for something that I already gave you. Again, you're praying for it. God, please give us traveling mercies as we go today. And God's like, okay, easy, but trust me with something bigger. Trust me with something that's going to matter. Trust me with something that's going to transform your life. And if I answer that prayer, that it's going to display my glory and people are going to know who I am when I answer that prayer. Why is it that we're always kind of undercutting the power of a God who said, you can do all things. All things are possible. And I wonder if that lack of specificity and the breadth of possibility ever kind of insults God. He goes, like, step two, please. Like, let's, let's go. I wish you just had the faith to ask me. And so many of us, we're, we're, we pray very small and kind of general prayers because that's what we're used to. That's just the way we think. And I'm going to encourage you this next couple of weeks to pray big, specific prayers. Because general prayers do not move God to specific actions. So i got to say that again because I'm not sure if you catch the power of what that is. General prayers do not move God to specific actions. So James says that we don't have because we don't ask. And I want God, I want to ask God for very specific requests. Things that are nailed in, laser focused things that otherwise would have been impossible to accomplish without his presence, without his power. Something that when somebody else sees it, there's no way for them to deny God was at work. God did that. God moved in that kind of a thing. And I want God to pull that sort of stuff off. So I want to learn to pray big, faith-filled, specific, passionate prayers. And I'm going to give you an example of what a prayer like that would actually look like. I kind of like to read um, some of the prayers that other people have prayed throughout history And I learn from them, and I get inspiration from them. I say, I like that. Oh, I didn't think about that. And so this one's from Martin Luther. He's the father of the Reformation. He had a friend named Friedrich Myconius. And uh, Friedrich was his assistant, a key assistant, who was helping to serve him as uh, Martin Luther goes about uh, organizing the enormous task of reforming the church in the 1500s. So in about 1540, Myconius' his assistant falls deathly ill. And he was on his deathbed, and he wrote a farewell letter to Luther, and he said, The end is near. I love you. It is full of this dramatic stuff, right? And Luther, he wouldn't stand for it. That's the way it's written. He wouldn't stand for it. And instead of praying a safe little prayer, this is the prayer that he wrote May the Lord be with you and comfort you. No, nothing like that. It's a massive, faith filled, specific prayer. He writes back to his friend on his deathbed in the hospital I command you in the name of God to live because I still have need of you in reforming the church the Lord will never let me hear that you are dead but will permit you to survive me for this I am praying because I seek only to glorify the name of God (laughs) boom big specific prayer What's even more wild is that Myconius was on his deathbed. He'd already lost the ability to speak. And as far as the people around at that time knew, he was about to die, like any moment kind of thing. And when he he heard this letter, as they read it to him, his faith was miraculously charged. The guy was supernaturally healed. He lived six more years. And guess when he died? Two months after Luther died. That's how specific the response was to a specific and faith. Filled prayer by a man who had faith to believe that all things are possible with God. He didn't make it happen. God made it happen. But his prayer asked for God to glorify himself. So over the next four weeks, we're going to look at a couple of different texts from the apostle Paul. Paul used to be Saul, right? Paul was a guy who went around and uh, Saul was a guy who went around and persecuted Christians, killed them, put them in prison, that kind of stuff. He had met grace of Jesus and he's transformed so that he would now go around to these uh Towns and start churches, get them going, and then go and start another church somewhere else. And he'd write letters to them, he'd stay in contact with them. And so, a large portion of the first century ancient documents that we use in the New Testament are actually letters that Paul wrote. So, we're going to be looking at what's known as the Pauline epistles. And that's just biblical studies, fancy talk for Paul's letters. When Paul would pray in his epistles, his letters to the churches, he prayed in a somewhat formulaic way, he'd pray the same way over and over again. So you can see it in different books at different times. You'll see him say, I pray that, you know, blank, so that, and then he gives this reason why he's praying. I pray this so that this would happen. And that's what we're going to study together. Study and then pray those same things and grow to be inspired by God, to pray on purpose, to be connected in these ways. God, for this reason, I pray that you do this so that this would happen in the world. The first prayer we're going to look at is found in Ephesians chapter three. Paul wrote this around the year 60 .AD, uh, from a Roman prison to the churches in Ephesus, So more than one church. And he started the prayer like this. so it's in Ephesians chapter three. we're going to start at verse 14. "For this reason. I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. For this reason, I kneel. And when you pray, it's important to know that you can pray in any posture that you feel comfortable praying. Sometimes you can choose to pray in an uncomfortable posture to help yourself as well. You can pray standing, you can pray sitting, you can pray laying down, you can pray when you're jogging, you can pray when you drive. However, special note, if you're going to pray when you drive, I'm going to ask that you follow the direction of Jesus when he was uh, praying in the garden. Watch and pray, right? Don't close your eyes if you're going to pray and drive. You can pray kneeling. Uh, For a Jewish man, the most normal way to pray in Paul's era was to pray standing up with palms lifted up towards heaven. This is the way they would pray. In this particular case, Paul decides and he makes special notice, notice that he's going to kneel in prayer. So I'd encourage you, as you pray, vary the posture that you pray in. And Sometimes it has to do with your intent and uh, the, the heart or the need of the prayer or what else is going on around you, something that connects you as well. Sometimes I kneel on this platform, you know, when you're not here. Uh, and I pray here, and I, I bring a cushion because this floor is hard. Um, I, I also pray like that sometimes when I really need to focus, when I'm petitioning God and, and, and I need my other distractions to stop, choose a posture that can help you in that way, and it can help you enter a new zone of focus, connection. So you might try kneeling this week as you pray. Verse 16, he says, I pray that out of God's glorious riches, so stop again there for a moment, out of his glorious riches. When Paul is praying, he is recognizing that his heavenly Father has every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms available to his children. I'm praying to a gloriously, provisioned God. And so earlier in Ephesians, he wrote, uh, I thank my God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. He's saying God has already made available to us every possible spiritual blessing. All of them available in the heavenly realms. This is the God to whom I pray. Paul said in another place in Philippians chapter 4, he said, uh, Philippians, yeah, 4, my God will meet all of his need, all of your needs according to his riches. We serve an infinitely spiritually rich Heavenly Father, and yet we uh, behave so frequently as spiritually impoverished children. We serve a God who has every spiritual blessing available to us in the heavenly realms. He desires to give us those blessings, and we're often praying small general prayer, prayers, and we're not asking for them. We're just okay today. But we start to pray specific, faith. Filled prayers and God delights in blessing his children with every spiritual blessing from the heavenly realm. So verse 16, uh, I, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power, with power, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and in your inner being. So why did he pray that? The reason is verse 17. There it is. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This is the first time we're going to see this pattern. I pray so that. He says, I pray that God may strengthen you with power. Who needs some power from God this week? Going back to school, planning ahead for that. The Greek word here translated as power is dunamis. And it's the same word that we use to get our word dynamite. Uh, and it means the explosive, the miraculous power of God. It's not like human power, it's the power of God. I pray that He may strengthen you with dunamis, with supernatural power. It's available to you. And I, and I tell you, like there, there's these moments when it just connects. You go, I desperately need the power of God in my preaching. But I need the power of God in my parenting too. I need the power of God to help overcome the temptations that continue, and they continue and they drain year after year. I need the power to stand against spiritual opposition. I need more than I have in the physical realm. I need God's power. This is a season I think we could all appreciate that extra power. That power, that dunamis is available to all of us, and yet so many of us are not tapping into what is available. We didn't ask. We didn't connect with God in that way. So imagine this. Imagine you buy a house, and not everything works in it. Imagine hard, right? Like some of you, you can fix it. Some of us, well, we're in another problem. But you're all in on the house, and so you don't really have money to go and pay for things to be fixed, so they just stay broken. So you go to sell the house several years later, and the realtor comes in, and she says, is there anything broken in the house that we need to disclose? And you say, well, grab a pen, and let's start making a list, right? So uh, she says, let's go to the living room. You go to the living room, and you look in there, anything in here not working? And, uh, well, that electrical outlet doesn't work. She goes, what do you mean that one doesn't work? That's where your TV is, right? And you go, you Well, when, when no one's here, we just... Uh, take this orange cord and we run it along the side of the room. We unplug the refrigerator and we plug it in there. Um, That's how it works. And she says, well, that's ridiculous. Why would you ever do that? Okay, well, what's this switch on the wall? And she flips it and you go, oh, yeah, we don't don't know. I don't think that switch does anything. That one's never worked. We've never been able to see it. We can never figure. Course. It turns on the electrical outlet right behind where the TV was all that time. One little switch. One little switch and all the power was available to you. And you never tapped into the power. You tried to make do. You tried to find a workaround, right? Today, I believe that there's somebody who needs to know that there is more power available to you through the Holy Spirit, out of the glorious riches of God, if you will call on Him, if you will ask Him for it. So Paul says, I pray, not that you'll be blessed, not that you'll be saved, so that you'll have power, so that the presence of Christ may dwell within your heart. In verse 17, it continues. I pray that you, being rooted and established, may, 18, may have what? What is it that you might have? Power. Power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ 18, and to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the full measure of all the fullness of God. And if you ever look at somebody else and you kind of go, well, why, why is it that they seem to have something that I don't have spiritually? Why is it that they seem to have a peace? They, they just got a, a, a lousy doctor's um, message. This is what's going on. And yet they, they have an assurance. Why, why is it that they don't... It's because they've got something that you don't have. They have a connection that you are not having. They have a connection that is tapping into the supernatural understanding of the love of God. So catch this. You cannot naturally understand or grasp God's love. It must be supernaturally revealed. And our finite minds just can't process to the length that they need to. You can't do the calculations. God loves you and you go, yeah, okay, I get that. But that's why parents, one of the most important things that you could ever pray for your children is that they, that God would give them the power to understand how much he loves them. And then suddenly, when the the approval comes from God and they know that and they sense that, then they don't require the same approval from other people. Who knows what it's like to seek the approval of other people and to be disappointed constantly. They're not sucked into the temptations They stand on the approval of God and they're okay. They're not living desperately for the approval of other people. They already have the approval of God and it settles things. And that's why spouses, one of the best things that you can pray for your spouse is that that he or she would have the power to understand how much God loves them. and Then they will be drawn into an intimate, loving relationship with God and be totally transformed in this knowledge It's not something that you can just naturally arrive at. You don't read a book and say, now I get it. It has to be supernaturally revealed. That's why Paul's praying this for those folks. That's why anytime I try to talk about the love of God, I fall miserably short. I don't have the vocabulary. I don't have the illustration. Nobody does to talk about the depth of God's love because God's love is not what he does. God's love is who he is. It's the essence of God. And when you recognize that's who he is, Then you stand from from that strength of there's, there's nothing that I can do to cause him to love me more. I'm okay. There's nothing that I can do or have already done that will make him love me less. He doesn't love me because of what I do. He loves me because of who he is. And when that overtakes us, suddenly Christianity is not something about I do on a Sunday or what I decide to get religious. It's the essence of what I'm called to be. I'm a follower of Christ. I have the power that dwells within me so that Christ lives in my inner being. I'm not living for the lower things of this world, I'm not drawn down. I have power. Sometimes you meet people and you go, How do you stay so calm? in the face of everything going wrong, in the face of things, don't you understand? You must just not understand. If I explain it to you, then you'll understand and then you can feel bad too. But they just seem to have a beyond natural peace about them. They've got power. The switch has been flipped. There's power that comes to them. And other people, we are living under a spiritually, gloriously rich, heavenly father and yet we're living like we're spiritually impoverished. Children, because we just haven't tapped in. He has made it available to us in the heavenly realms. It's sitting there. And one of the most important prayers that you can pray for those that you love is that they would have the power to understand just how much God loves them. Someone asked the, the famous trumpeter, Louis Armstrong, "Say, uh, explain jazz. Louis, tell us about jazz. Can you explain jazz to us? And, you know, Louis says, and I'm sure you've probably heard this already if, if you got to explain it, you ain't got it. If, if you have to try and really work to explain this love of God, it's, it's maybe because you just haven't been immersed in it. You haven't been overcome by it. It's a concept you read about, it's a word that you heard. But I'm praying that there's many people who are in our church who would have a deeper and more meaningful spiritual encounter with our holy God. And when you're reading his word that it might start to jump off the page and you've, I sense encouragement that's coming from that. I I sense it convicting me away from sin and leading me into righteousness. And I'm I'm having the faith to do things that I I otherwise wouldn't do. And if and when I do them, they would be impossible without the presence of God. It's a little bit like Charles Finney. Do you know Charles Finney? Um, an evangelist in the 1800s. He was a follower of Jesus. He had an incredible ministry and then he had his deeper encounter with God. Here's how he described it. The Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. And I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love For I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. It came in waves and waves of liquid love. I've had the privilege of having an experience like that also. And it's a beautiful image of the love of God. And I resonate with it. I pray that you have power. Supernatural power to understand how much God loves you. And that it would come in waves, both as an experience, but it as an understanding. Just when you think that you get, yeah, I'm kind of getting it. You go, no, there's another wave. You go, right. Okay, yeah, I sense that now. Yeah, I kind of understand. No, there's another wave that comes. And then one day, things tend to change. Uh, it, they start to change in your life because maybe for years you've been dissatisfied. You've, you've got so much, but you, but you can't stop yourself from wanting so much more. For years, you've been battling with feelings of loneliness or inadequacy, and suddenly those things, they start to melt away. They don't have the same value that they used to have. Why? Because the power of God is now dwelling within you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead takes up residency inside of you. And your identity is not based on what you have or what you have done, but it's on what God thinks about you. And there's a deep assurance of his love because it's not been naturally learned, it's been supernaturally revealed. And therefore, you're not the same. You've been transformed. And guess what? Your prayers change. When you know how much God loves you, when you know that your prayers, um, they, they aren't just for you, it's, it's no longer just, keep us safe today, God, and bless this food and be with us, yeah, I think that's all I can think of, Amen. Now you're praying for big things. Big things like like you've never prayed before. God, just keep my kids safe and keep them off the drugs. Keep my kids off the drugs, God. Now it's God, raise up my children. Help them to be spiritual leaders in their school. May may they stand out in school for the glory of Jesus. I pray that that they would be bold in their faith and that they would be leaders in their faith and that people would be drawn to you because of them. You're praying a specific, big prayer for your children, not just endurance, not just survival, not just comfort. You're no longer, God, help me pay the bills, right? God, you have now promised that I would never beg for bread. You would be blessing me as I come in and as I go out. You are going to provide for all of my needs according to your riches and glory. And I believe, God, I believe that I will be able to be massively generous and be a blessing to others who are in need today. I believe that because of the blessing that you will give me, that you will provide for me so that no longer, oh God, uh, I pray for my husband, Uh, please make him less of a jerk if you can. Uh, Now it's, oh God, touch the heart of my husband. I pray that he would bow his knees in full surrender of your son, Jesus, and he would stand up a fully devoted follower of Jesus, a man after God's own heart, that our family would be different because he leads us to the things of God and he's close to Jesus, hearing from his word and not keeping it to himself. The, The generations might be different because my husband will fully belong to you. You pray big prayers. You pray specific prayers. You believe in a God who says, all things are possible with me. And when you work in partnership, it keeps focusing back on what God will do through the world because of that, not just for you. And then your faith grows because you have the power of the risen Christ within you. Let me show you how Paul wraps this section up so uh, that you might be full of the full measure of all God, of all God has for you. Then we get to verse 20. It's almost like an anthem, now to Christ, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or even imagine according to his power that is at work within you. Within you, that's where his power is at work. You're not your own. When you're you're weak, his power is made perfect in you. And I know that some of you are feeling weak. What a great time. But he can do immeasurably more. According to His power that is work within Him. Verse 21, to Him be glory. That's the focus. Um, In the church and through Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever. Amen. This isn't God help us get through the day. God help us with this week. This is may generations be different because of your work in and through me. Why? Because you can do exceeding abundantly More, immeasurably more than we can ask or think or even imagine. So even as I pray it, you've got a bigger plan. Who's got that kind of faith? Someone who's got the power of God dwelling within them, igniting them. And I believe that our church can and will be filled with people who've been touched by the power of God and have the faith to believe big things and for God to do the impossible. And when he does, (laughs) we're going to tell everybody, It's only because God showed up and he showed off that that happened. And may he get the glory for generations to come. Father, I pray in the name of your son, Jesus, that you would minister to people today here and online that your glorious riches may be shared and distributed as you strengthen this church with your power, that Christ may dwell within our hearts. I pray, God, that we would have the power to know how much you love us and that we could glorify you in all that we do, that we would be able to trust you with the steps that we take going forward, even when we kind of feel nervous by ourselves. Focus my heart, focus my mind. Speak to me that you would speak through me and live through me. May I be known for kindness this week in a time when kindness is running on empty. When there's outrage, when there's fear, when there's accusation, may I be known as someone different. May the power of the love of God be in me in such a way that you would just display yourself and I would delight in it as I counteract the negativity that I experience around me. As I choose to focus my eyes up on you, Jesus, and start with that point and then see everything else under that, Politically, environmentally, racially, with sickness. May my focus first be on you. What would you call me to do? How can I be an agent of kindness? How can I be about something good? What do I need to keep my mouth shut for? What can I spread this week? that would point people back to you, that would show my eyes up life. It's not about me. It's not about what I prefer. My God is at work inside me. He transformed me and I have instinct and I have inclination of my own, but I will subjugate myself to the will of the Spirit of God at work in me and I will allow myself to be transformed into his likeness. I will stop fighting it And I will allow him to speak and live through me. And then, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would work and that you would bring your presence, the fruit of your spirit, where we go. Love, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control, long-suffering. God, these are things that our world desperately needs. May you cause them to uh, be fanned into flame to make the greater intensity shine from us. We long to be used in a way that would transform our world and point back to you. Do that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.